So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 7, Episode 3 of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Yara has a surprising favorite color, Bilal explains how he wants Shida to act, Liz joins Ed at a flirty photo shoot, Jenny and Cement debrief after last episode's fireworks, Kim and Usman list out all the weird names they have for sex, and Angela has a new man in her life. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup MK, where we'll be covering the new season of Life After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm, I don't know tired i don't know we had a we had i had to coach my first soccer game today so it's like extra long day before we get to record yeah 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 makes it for a late day on mondays i I swear everything always happens on a monday right yeah like there's yes there it's always we always want to record on monday and like no matter what i'm coaching no matter what activity i want to do it's always like so mondays is good for everybody right mondays sure (laughs) you're like no mondays are the worst (laughs) days yeah exactly oh my goodness speaking of worst days let's just talk summit and jenny so summit and jenny are they both say they're feeling okay Summit asks Jenny to go for a walk, and Summit has just lost his family and doesn't know what to do. Jenny tells him she lashed out at him because Summit seemed to go after his parents, and she didn't know what was going on. Summit says that it was his duty to go after them, and he was expecting more from her in terms of support. Jenny apologizes for yelling, but wants him to understand that she needed him too. Summit apologizes for leaving her alone, and then they hug. Summit says he feels torn because he's confused why his happiness isn't making his family happy and he shouldn't have to sacrifice his happiness. He thinks it will be difficult to make a happy life without his family, though. He says moving forward, he will try to reconnect with his family every so often. Jenny thinks that he needs to accept that they're not going to accept their marriage and just move on. All right, so who do you think is right in this? Do you think that Summit should just keep on trying or do you think Jenny... Jenny's right in that he should just let it go and let them come back if that happens to be the future. I I I tend to be on Jenny's side. It's like, mm-hmm. well, we tried that way a lot, a many times, yeah. a long times, right? And that hasn't worked. It's only gotten worse, gotten no better at all. Um, and so, if you unless your plan of trying is doing something besides, well, I'm invite them over and explain how important you are. Like, you did that. Like, unless you have a different plan besides, well, I'm just going to keep talking to them and they'll eventually agree with me. No. Then I like Jenny's Jenny's plan better. Like, because they might come back when they realize, oh, shit, he's not – he's going to stop coming to our house and begging us. Like, that is done. He's not doing that anymore. They might come back. That might be something that changes their mind. But, yeah, the way – what he's been doing is not working. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not working. Um, but it's yeah, it's just tough because I understand like him feeling that he needs to be doing something, right? And also his mom just seems like one of those stubborn people where if you you know, if you were to walk away, she'd be like, Well, you're not trying anymore. Well, I'm definitely not gonna try. Yeah, I mean it <laughs> Yes. But I also kind of you know, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm pretty sure like Indian culture, and I could be totally wrong because I remember hearing this, but I you know, never spent that many that much time. I've never spent any time in India or anything. It's one of those places where you're supposed to ask for something like three times, like and refuse, like before, like you're saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, would you like some tea?" They're supposed to say, "No, no, I'm good, thanks." And you're like, "No, no, no, I insist. You should have some tea." And you're like, "Well, no, no, I'm I'm really fine." You're like, "No, no, no, you really should have some tea." And they're like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> well then I'll have some tea." And that's like the polite way to do it. Like that's how you're like uh-huh. you're supposed to keep asking over and over and over and over and over again. That's considered mm-hmm. being insistent as being polite. Whereas in if, if, in the states that doesn't translate as well, right? Because if you're like, would you like some right. tea? You're like, no. You're like, no, really. And you're like, I already said no. And then you're like, the third time, yeah. you're like, well, no, no. You really should have. You're like, 
how many times do I have to tell you that I don't want tea? It gets right. right. It, it's it's frustrating the other way. It's like how many times is this person going to ask me for tea? This is annoying because we're more straightforward about that kind of thing. That's not – and not say that kind of thing. Of course, in all cultures, mm-hmm. there's these weird unspoken rules about how you're supposed to say and not say things and ask and not ask for things. But – I wonder if that's just kind of a thing. Like her, she's like, your mom said no already. That was pretty clear. We should move on. Yeah. And he's just like, no, it's just a matter of time. But I have to keep asking because that's what you're supposed to do. And you want something is keep asking. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. It just I, I like that they were both calm and they both kind of said the same things that everybody said or we said too last time. Like, right. You know, Jenny was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have curked out on you for that, especially right after you get disowned by your family. And he was also like, yeah, yeah I probably should have tr- told you what happened before I just like ran out <laughs> okay. to my mom. Like, yeah, I definitely feel like the fact that she doesn't know what's going on is difficult in this situation. Right. Because it's like she doesn't know why he's upset. Exactly. She doesn't know that she should be more offended than she is. You know, there's just so many things and, you know, kind of reminds me of uh, this like uh, study about people who have hearing loss tend to get more paranoid about things because they think people are talking about them. Well, it's kind of the same thing here, you know, like she's paranoid because she doesn't understand what's going on around her. Yeah, it, it is. And it's it's just frustrating. And she just she and I, I think she's imagining the worst. But when she's imagining yes. the worst. The worst to her is this woman is just shit talking me endlessly, like saying the meanest things I could possibly imagine. She's not, she didn't really imagine that she, oh no, what she's doing is telling her son, don't care about me when I die because I hate you. Right. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And then, but so she just, so, so it made sense. She just saw at the end of that fight, she was upset. The mom was upset and Submit went to comfort the mom. Like, and she's like, well, what the shit, man? Like, I see what matters more here. Whereas, It, she, and it, had she seen the full, full picture, probably wouldn't have been as bad. All right. So talking about pictures, let's talk about Ed and Liz. Mm. So Ed is coming home after his talk with Rich and Liz is nervous about how things went because in the past, talking to Rich was always like the first step with um, Ed breaking up with her, you know, one of the eight times. So Ed said that Rich was unhinged, but – Come on, unhinged. We watched him yeah, last time. Yeah. But Ed totally called him out. So Liz is not ready for Rich to be in Ed's life. So she's looking for some reassurance that he won't be around. Ed says that the only acceptance he's looking for is Liz, her daughter, and of course, Leon the dog. So the next day, we may meet with um, one of Liz's good friends, Barry. Uh, such a good friend that Ed apparently hasn't met this guy yet. So the meeting starts with production using I have a little conspiracy theory about this part it makes it's like a hug that goes on for extra long but i think they like reuse the footage twice to make the hug look twice as long as it really was yeah um so anyway and ed getting you know talking to other people for the first time he's always very awkward so a weird chat about military backgrounds but anyway barry is here willing to be the judgmental friend after you know all of liz's terrible relationships and he wants to hear that ed is willing to sacrifice for her so liz says that the relationship has had some rocky moments due primarily to edge jealousy but things are in a much better place now that he is in her opinion grown so ed gets up then then ed then immediately says he has to go to the potty and then gets up to talk and then when he gets up she gets to talk to barry more candidly Barry wonders if Ed is still just trying to say the right things with no intention of following through. And she tells him that she thinks this time it's really different. Even if she confesses to being scared that he's going to break up with her like anytime they get into a disagreement. So Barry seems to be tentatively approving this relationship, but has his eyes on Ed. Anyway, next up, we see Ed, that Ed and Liz have gotten a second dog to calm Leon's separation anxiety. So now Leah... Has to learn, has to also learn how to go potty outside, and Ed should not give her treats after she pees on the carpet. <laughs> anyway, then we get to the main meat of the segment where Liz tags along with Ed for uh, either a photo shoot or a photography lesson. I think that might be the big part of the fight. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's with her friend Alex. So he says it's an opportunity for him to teach something about his hobby, 
which, you know, this hobby, which used to be his profession, and she hopes, and, you know, they hope to share it. So once the shoot starts, he has Liz adjust the lighting while he yells out some technical numbers that she doesn't understand. Then they start taking the photos with, you know, Ed doing a lot of the, oh yeah, that's right, oh great, play with the camera type stuff. And Liz just getting disappointed that it seems like Ed isn't really teaching her anything as much as he's just showing off and also flirting too much with the model. So he tries to show off, show her his style and technique, and she kind of looks at the picture and criticizes that, you know, doesn't look like she has a neck in that picture. And he gets huffy and says that Liz has a hard time being told what to do. And then Alex, though, the model, seems to be into at least one of the pictures. He shows it to her and she seems very uh, satisfied. So Ed says that saying bad things about the pictures in front of the model is really unprofessional, especially when it was a comment about having no neck, which it is a touchy subject for Ed. So Liz is just getting increasingly frustrated that Ed is spending too much time talking to Alex and not enough time talking to her. So she dips and saying that Ed is not being a very good partner right now. All right. So in the fights, the photograph fights, I mean, who was wrong? Like who, who, who had the right ideas and who was wrong about what was going on? I, uh, I mean, I definitely feel like Ed was showing off. This is something that he's supposed to be very good at. And so he's not going to take criticism very well from someone who is, um, you know, he would consider like not a professional like him. Right. So I'm not saying that, you know, he was wrong in his opinion, but it wouldn't matter if Liz had something valid to say. He wasn't about to hear it no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think maybe Liz should know her partner a little bit better to recognize that that's the kind of person he is and maybe not have been so critical and I think that would have maybe helped the situation a little bit but I don't think she was necessarily wrong in her opinion I don't think that the person didn't look like they didn't have a neck but maybe it would have been better aesthetic if she had like elongated her neck like at an angle right so like the picture didn't look bad yeah I mean it it wasn't the greatest picture it's probably not a keeper honestly but I don't know that it was – I mean, to me, the way I thought about it is I think the biggest difference is they really didn't agree on whether they were going in a photo shoot or a photo lesson, right? right? And Liz was looking for a photo lesson and Ed was like, watch me do my photo shirt. Watch and learn, baby. Watch and learn, right? Yeah. And she wasn't yeah. watching. She was telling and he was like, no, nah, you're supposed to watch and learn. Just watch, right? But right. she wanted to know. But I totally agree with her that Ed was 100% showing off and – Oh, yeah. Especially the parts where, like, to me, as a teacher, like, someone who actually does teach people and give people lessons. You don't mm-hmm. just go, well, 1539, 72, four, those numbers don't mean anything. They're very technical. Uh, they don't mean anything to you right now. Uh, and so I'm just, just going to say, well, who was he saying them to? Like, right. there wasn't somebody else there that needed to record those numbers. He was just right. like, well, yeah, I know how to do this fancy math in my head and uh, I'm going to like do it. He, like, there was no reason for him to yell out those numbers except to show off, hey, here's a bunch of stuff that I know that you don't. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Um, that was not, uh, yeah, um, a lesson of any kind. But then I kind of wonder if it's not a lesson, what did he think it was? I mean, I think he thought it was, oh, your friend wants to pay oh, wants professional pictures wants professional from pictures me. from me and i will that's great i'll take them and maybe you can watch me work and even he's he, i think he just thought you could and he tried to explain something to her but it wasn't really in a good way and then he because he didn't it's just right as soon as she criticized it yeah it, like it, you're supposed to elongate your neck as the model you're not supposed you, you, you don't want to have the chin tucked in right. pictures um it's generally not right, but he was pointing out something else in the composition of the picture. And he was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, let's get past that. I wanted you to look at this part of the composition that I was talking about. You know, the vertical line that I'm trying to create. Maybe this isn't the ideal picture, but if it was a photo lesson, she should have had a camera. Yeah. Right? And, and it doesn't yeah. make any sense for – and to show him, oh, this is what I'm doing with this lighting. And when we adjust this setting, this is what happens. But it seems like also a weird time to do that with someone who wants professional photos taken because if I'm if I'm Alex and I'm there to get my headshots done or whatever she was doing, mm-hmm. I don't want the photographer to stop to explain what ISO is to his assistant. Yeah, but at the same time, like that was her friend. So I think that's why she thought it would be good which because, you know, she would be able to um, – uh, 
have a little bit more patience from the client side, right? Because that's her friend. And you'd be like, hey, can you help me out? I want to learn some things. Would you be our model? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so a lot of it depends on how this whole situation came to be. Right. Mm -hmm. Was because was she paying for these photos? Was this just being like, hey, I want to learn some stuff and help out. And then he just comes out and does a like, oh, I'm going to show you what a great photographer I was. She was like, that's not what I wanted. Like, and so I need more details to see who was being the bad partner. I kind of need more details about how this whole thing got set up and what the parameters are were before. Yes, Um, definitely. But I definitely think her. Being like, well, you're not being a very good partner right now. And like storming off made them both yeah. look like assholes. Like it didn't yeah. help. I don't know. They're such a weird couple to me. Like, I think there's a reason why all their friends are very hesitant. I think that this is, I don't know. I just feel like this is a disaster. It is. You know, this is a disaster waiting to happen. I feel like she has this thing where she's just so fearful that he is going to break up with her all the time. And legitimate fear, right? Yes, Based in reality. It's, yes, it's not without reason, for sure. Right. But I also think that that's why she's kind of happy right now, is because this engagement is some kind of, she sees it as stability, right? Mm-hmm. She's engaged this person that's like a next level. She sees it as stability until they start having the same issues that they were having before. And I'm not saying that he's going to break up, but it's almost like that fear of losing him is kind of like clouding her judgment of the kind of partner he is. Right. And that's what I just don't get. She has that fear mm-hmm. of, she is 100% fear of losing him. Yeah. And obviously he's broken up with her how many times? She takes him back. But with, like. Yep. Without as soon as he's ready, she's like, "Okay, I'm ready. We're, we're back together. Then fine." And right. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get like it doesn't seem like she's ever not frustrated with him, right? right. And it's like, why yeah. is this the guy that you're just like, "No, I have to be with him. I'll be with yeah. him through whatever. He can treat me like shit, and I'll be with him." Like I don't get why I don't get what she gets out of the relationship that way. Well, you know, I think something that we have not seen that I have a feeling is a contributing factor is she has a child, right? Oh, and sure. I think mm-hmm. that they're being very good about keeping her child off of the show. So we know nothing about her child. We don't know how old. We don't know. Maybe she mentioned how old, like in passing at some point, but I don't recall. So she has a child and I I can imagine he is a very likable adult figure for kids. You know, he's just goofy, like, seems like he'd be very doting. I feel like I've known a lot of uncles that everybody when they're seven loves and everybody when they're mm-hmm. like 24 are like, oh, he's still doing that shit? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. I can see that. And I'm sure he spoils the child as well because sure. didn't Rose also have a son, I want to oh, say? Oh, yeah. And he was like, call me daddy with that kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so definitely, like, bought him a lot of a uh, lot of stuff, like, when he went to go visit, like, lots of gifts. So I think he's definitely someone that she probably looks at and is like, this is a good father for my child, mm-hmm. right? And she's not that old, so I can't imagine her kid is that old. So it's just, like, one of those things where I can certainly see that playing a big factor that we don't see on this show because we don't see the kid. I could see that. I could see that. Ugh, it doesn't just doesn't it doesn't it's not and it's a daughter i just ugh, I, I i that i i struggle with that because i don't yeah. want i don't i wouldn't want my daughters to see like that to see like the way you do relationships is you let the man break up with you as many times as you want and you always right. take them back like i do not want my, my right. daughters learning that lesson good lord please don't do yeah, that yeah <laughs> i know right okay uh speaking of kids uh let's talk yara jovi so yara and jovi and myla their daughter are meeting jovi's mom gwen for a boat ride yara says she misses she calls her miss gwen they haven't really talked much after their argument six months ago Jovi hopes that they can fix things and he would also like for his mom to be around more, especially when he's away for work because he knows it's very hard for Yara to take care of Mila by herself. Gwen tells us that the argument came out of nowhere and Jovi confronted Gwen and really yelled at her for not being there for Yara. Gwen thought that they had the kind of relationship where if Yara really did feel frustrated like that, she could come to her directly. She felt really hurt and she hasn't been able to see Mila as much as she would like. Gwen starts off by saying she wants to fix things. 
Jovi wanted Gwen to understand that Yara is lonely and he apologizes for yelling. But Gwen says that she's no one's nanny. Yara apologizes and says that she may have had different expectations based on her own family. Gwen would visit and see Myla, but not really take care of her. Uh, Yara was picturing more of a nanny situation. They all hug and make up. Yara says she misses having Gwen in her life. Yara tells everyone that her mom's visa interview got canceled, so Yara's considering going back to Europe for a visit. It's been three years and she misses home. But the reason why she hasn't gone back is because she hasn't got her green card yet. Gwen is worried because of all the political tension in Ukraine. Yara says that it's probably not as bad as it sounds because her mom says it's fine. Gwen is worried that if Yara and Jovi go there, they might get stuck there for a long time. Yara is playing with Mila later when Jovi says he has important news from her, for her and he's very serious. Yara jokingly asks if Jovi is pregnant, but it ends up that Yara has her green card interview and she is ecstatic. They quiz each other on favorite colors and food, and Jovi wonders what kind of person has beige as their favorite color. <laughs> I'll give you an answer to that. My sister's favorite color is actually beige. Uh, <laughs> anyways, after Jovi can't name what kind of salad is Yara's favorite, she sighs and says they're going to fail this interview. Yara goes to a coffee shop to call her mom. Yara tells her mom, Olga, uh... Says that or tells us that her mom Olga had to provide for three children, so that's how she's kept so skinny. She tells her mom about the green card interview, and Olga cries. And Yara says that she can be nanny to Mila. They discuss whether or not to meet in Ukraine or Prague, where her mom has a place and is currently staying. Yara says uh, the news here in the U.S. is scaring them every day. Uh, that there will be a war, whereas Olga says that the news in Europe says there probably won't be a war. Yara says most of her family lives in the West, so they are farthest away from the war, so she isn't that concerned, and she's just excited to get back to Europe and visit everyone. All right, so what do you think uh, should have been kind of the expectation for a mother-in-law in terms of child care? And I guess you, your in-laws are nearby, right? Oh, no, they're not. No, they're in another no. state. My, my ex-in-laws were my, my parents. Your parents are nearby. Yeah. yeah. My parents are nearby. My ex-wife's parent lives in Australia. So, oh, well, now we, she does, yes. <laughs> no, she always did. Like, she moved to Australia oh, like, okay. like when we first met. Oh, I was um, thinking of her extended family because she always – Yeah, you she has extended family state. and she has extended family out of state. Right. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it's – I mean, I've, I, the American model is more or less what Gwen is describing. Like, if you need a yeah. babysitter now and then, great. I'm not your nanny. Like, yeah. Well, I'll take that back because my mom is totally my sister's nanny right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like, but my mom also retired from her regular job, and like, sure. My and 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 Frank, my sister pays her for it. Right? She didn't just do it right. like to do it in the support. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like my mom is there, you know, every day while they're when they go to work and she watches the ki- two kids and and does all that. But that's more or less what she decided to do for her job in retirement. Like, you know. Yeah. And so that's a little bit different. I kind of feel like the expectation, especially when you have, you know, their situation, their kind of situation where Yara doesn't have a job. Right. Isn't that. Yeah. I don't think if. I don't think if my sister was a stay-at-home mom that my mom would come over and nanny. That would be right. a lot. Um, yeah. That, yeah, that it's more like I'm happy to babysit for you. I love seeing the kids. I want to be around them a lot, but I'm not your nanny. Um, and yeah. so – and I just think that seems like it was a little bit of a cultural difference because mm-hmm. the other mom was like, you know, Olga was just like, yeah, nanny, fantastic. That's exactly what I'm supposed right. to be. Exactly. Yeah, here we go. Let's do yeah. it. Um, and And – I just think she put it really well. I think Gwen put it put put it the way it's supposed the way she was very clear about what her boundaries were in terms right. of this is what I want and this is what we can have and I'm happy to help but I'm not going to just randomly show up there every day to give right. you, to give you support. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was very mature of Yara to also say like, you know, our expectations were misaligned. Yes. Right. And so I had assumed because this is how it was like back at home that there would be more support. And I definitely feel like their other cultures probably are a little bit more involved than ours. And the whole like it takes a village to raise a child definitely is, uh, you know, 
more applying to some other cultures. Sure. It's but, actually, yeah, yeah it, the, the American slash Western European way of thinking. Actually, it's, I think it's more American than anything else where it's like, oh, no, of course you get 18 and you move the hell away from your parents and then you stay away until you, you know, have your own kids and they, they visit and everybody lives in their own house and there's like things. Everybody, uh, right. the rest of the world is like, oh, it's multi-generational housing. You know, right, mom lives right. with grandma who lives with the sons and you take care of people. It's like that's the way it works in most yeah. of the world. Right. It's kind of America's the exception. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I'm excited uh, for her to be able to be reconnected with her family. I'm a little worried at this point because it's definitely yeah, early on. I, I definitely feel like there's a lot of writing on the wall going on where it's like, oh, there's no way. There's, there's not going to be a war. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, God. Like, yeah, I know where this I is know, going. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting how different news coverage, you know, like uh, Yara definitely interpreted it. Uh, the news coverage in America as being like very fearful, right? Yes. She's like, they're scaring us every day that there's going to be a war. They were. And, and they, they, mm-hmm. they very much were. It was very much like, hey, we don't, there's not really much we can do to stop him. And he's totally going to do it. Like, it, mm-hmm. we, I remember hearing that before, before it happened, that it was going in. Like, so yeah, I mean, I feel like that's definitely something that is going to be coming down the pike in their, um, you know, in their storyline, which is, yeah. you know, a shame. It's a shame because, like, these are legitimately the only people I like as people, like, yes. in, the, in the show. Like, yes. I would totally hang out with these people. Oh, um, for sure. I mean, I love Yara. She is so hilarious Oh, to my me. God. The whole segment where they were, they were, I got my green card. Oh, my God. They're going to ask favorite colors. And it was yeah. like, because it came up because, like, I was sitting here, you know, I watched it with my partner and like literally at the same time when Yara was like, my favorite color is beige. Like at the same time Jovi said it, she was like, whose favorite color is beige? Like, what That's is- so funny. You know, my sister actually has very similar style to Yara, like uh-huh. in a lot of ways. And it's like her whole house is beige. Her whole wardrobe is beige. But I and yes, and that's what Yara was like is what I wear all the time. Yeah. I'm mostly shades of gray in what I wear, right? And <laughs> yeah. I have various shades of gray in most of my clothes. But I wouldn't – just because of that, I wouldn't be like, well, gray is my favorite color, obviously. Like, I don't know that I would think that. <laughs> I don't know that I would go for it, go take it to that, that place. Well, I don't know. My dad says his favorite color is gray. Maybe I just have a weird family. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're like being honest <laughs> with the – well, first of all, I just – I just – I, I I reject the idea that adults should have a favorite color. That's just to me is not a thing. It's like I like that shirt. I like this shirt. I like the way that color looks there. But like favorite color, that's that to me is like kind of unusual. But I think if they, I think I think your your dad and sister are doing the same thing. It was like, well, I guess if I look at all the things that I have, uh-huh. clearly gray is my favorite. Like that's yeah. what I have the most of. Like, yeah. So there we go. Yeah. All right. All right, so let's go. Oh, right, let's let's just get mad. Bilal is sitting with in bed. <laughs> so Bilal is sitting in their bed alone with a huge Bilal and Shida word art reading uh, word art above him, and he, of course, is reading the Quran. So Shida is preparing him breakfast in bed and telling us that Bilal is mad at her, mad at her about how things went with Shahida, and he's not talking to her. So she brings him breakfast and he he gives her the dismissive like kind of thank you as in like thank you you can leave now type thank you. And then Shida asks him about how snowstorms work because it seems to be snowing outside. So it like snows and like people everybody stays home and he's like well yeah that's why I'm here at 11 o'clock in the morning. What do you – anyway. So anyway, he, he says that the meeting between the wife and the ex-wife was the worst case scenario. And she does get him to start talking about it. So he says that she came in with force and didn't allow Shahida to speak. But Shida is like, are you sure you don't have the names backwards again? Because I'm pretty sure it was her that didn't let me speak. (laughs) So he says it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you can't let other people dictate your behavior. And she just doesn't understand how many slaps in the face she expects him to take without doing anything back. She also thinks that he should have stood up for her. But then he spins it back around to talk about the most important thing is that we find peace and that she shouldn't let anyone take her away from being a dignified, quote, I'm putting quotes around this. He said it, a dignified Muslim woman. 
which sounds yeah problematic to say the least so she starts to cry saying that she didn't think she actually did anything wrong and then to her tears he responds well what is this right now are you blaming other people or are you acknowledging your actions so surprisingly he managed to leave with his head intact after he said that to her and she manages you know to just kind of say well fine i'll apologize if you want me to do that so all right I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the hard question. What does uh, Bilal see as a definition of a dignified Muslim woman? Someone who is just, just takes everything. Yeah, just completely subservient, right? Right. They just yeah. sit there and take everything. Like, But then that's not fair either because Shahida wasn't that either. Right, and but, it's she's like, not why his, not getting- but she's not his wife anymore. She's, yeah. he, he's not responsible. He doesn't feel like ownership or responsibility for Shahida. It's Shida that is like reflect upon him like it's just oh he's so gross god piss me off so much he is very frustrating and like okay be upset with her but it's he's not even trying to talk things out instead it's like he's pulling kind of like the silent treatment you know like nothing's wrong and so you have poor shida over here like she knows something's wrong and she's trying to fix it but this guy isn't communicating with her so she's just running around like being nice to him and he just simply doesn't deserve it yeah i just it it, 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 it super frustrating me at the end she was like fine i'll apologize like yeah instead of like standing up like where she needs it just what he wants from her is so disgusting to me that it it, yeah. it just infuriates me. Like, he just wants that complete subservience. You take right. everything I say and you say, thank you, sir. And you take everything anybody else says and you say, thank you, ma'am, no matter how shitty yeah. it is. Like, that's what he wants. That's insane. Right. And then, and then what's sad, too, is like the fact that she gave in when he behaved this way. Yeah. It's just further reinforcement you know she he's she is positively reinforcing like bad behavior so he's going to do the exact same thing again when he wants his way right he's gonna um, treat her like and and even she cries is this you acknowledging your actions oh my god you have a grown woman you shut the hell up man what are you talking about i'm not your child like i can't believe she hasn't told him literally those words i am not your child you cannot talk to me like that yeah, that was the other thing that was really upsetting to me is just how he talks to her is just like such a father sometimes. Yeah. And definitely in this episode. It's not even like, it's Ugh. not even a good father. It's like a yeah. detached, like, you know, yeah, right. asshole father that everyone's like bending over their backs to try to impress. Like, it's just it's infuriating. Yeah, he's certainly not winning any points. And I kind of wonder a little bit because... He is so concerned with his image if he is going to see this and actually recognize like, oh, I didn't treat her very well or, oh, I was I was the one who was wrong. No, I don't think he's incapable of that because we had suspected in the tell all that like Mm -hmm. he was like, oh, wow, nobody else saw it the way I did. Right. We thought he would say that. We thought he would like come to that realization. And even as a salesman, be able to kind of, you know, play it on the fly and and do a little, you know, juice it up so that it did play a little bit better. Or And we kind of thought production. Production loves to flip the tables on us and make the person who was the bad guy the good guy. And if they can't even do that now because he keeps doing (laughs) shit like this, like he's terrible. Yeah. He is not my favorite. He's actually the worst. Yeah. Okay, uh, so on to another couple, Kim and Usman. Kim is excited to see Usman and to get Usman's mom's blessing for an engagement. Kim swears that if this doesn't work out, that she will, she said, she's serious. She will never date again. Oh, Jesus. Jamal, Kim's son, is taking his mom to the airport, and Kim insists that Jamal listen to Usman's music. Jamal half-heartedly bobs his head from side to side before admitting that, you know, his music's actually pretty good. Kim says she wants Jamal and Usman to have their own relationship, and Jamal says, or not. Jamal thinks that what Kim wants and what Usman wants is probably different. Kim tries to convince Jamal to come to Nigeria to meet the whole family, too, and he says that he has to work as he says his goodbyes. Usman is getting ready in a hotel for Kimbali's arrival. They will spend some time in Abuja before going to Sokoto to see his family. 
Usman goes to pick up Kimbali in his car with the Soja Boy license plate. Usman says that they need to get his family's blessing so that they can get engaged. He tells us that Kim said having a second wife was okay, but he knows better. He has major doubts that that's what she really means. Usman brings Kim presents in the form of two cutesy stuffed animals. Kim gets off the plane wearing her Soja Boy shirt. And Usman drops the stuffed animals as soon as he sees Kim so he can hug her. He steals a kiss, even though he wasn't sure he was going to because it's a public display of affection. Kim is happy because she's going to get the yummy tonight. Which I think she forgets what they call it because she said the yummy, but... Oh, she said the yummy. Oh, God. Yeah, it was subtitled the yummy at least. Okay. Uh, Usman tells her that they are going to get blessings for an engagement. Kim and Usman are stuck in traffic, so Kim tries to have a serious conversation with Usman, but he's not having it because he just wants to celebrate. He also wants to avoid mentioning his brother Muhammad because his brother Muhammad is probably going to have reservations, and he's going to be a tough sell with the blessing. They get to the room, and Kim gives him a matching bracelet and a shirt with both their pictures on it. Usman thinks that Kim is just generous with gifts, and it's not just about him. They go through their list of names for sex, including yammy, fertilizer, African agreement, ingredient, and Usman exclamation point. It, oh, uh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So the morning they joke about anal because they didn't get to sleep together the night before. And uh, then they're off to have a fun date at the race cars. Kim tells us that she is a thrill seeker and she's gone skydiving 72 times. And she thinks Usman doesn't do much, but he's trying for her. He was beating her, but then his car broke down. After the racing, they sit down to discuss the second wife. Kim doesn't ever want to see the second wife. And so she suggests that, you know, the second wife should live in another town. Usman says that she can live anywhere in Nigeria, and Usman asks if Kim will stay in San Diego, and she doesn't really have a response. So what in the world, like, is Kim envisioning for this second wife and for herself? Like, is she envisioning Usman living with her in San Diego, or, you know, every Kim lives in San Diego, Usman lives in Nigeria, and his and second wife lives in another place in Nigeria just so they don't get cozy when Kim's not there. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess she, I always thought she was imagining that mom that, that she would live with Usman in San Diego and yes. then baby mama would just like live with Usman's mom in Nigeria and, and raise the baby like. Yeah, it's it's just I, I go through this every week. What she's asking of this other woman is insane. Yes, like it's the so second unfair. wife is insane. It's crazy person right. talk. Would she ever want that for her own life? I want you to have a husband who comes, bangs you to get you pregnant. Only to get only for procreative purposes right. do you get to have sex. That's it. And then as soon as you get pregnant, leaves and just doesn't come back. Like right. maybe visits every maybe visits the kids once a year. And doesn't you help never meet the kids. You never meet yeah. his first wife that he spends all of his time with. Like she's never gonna meet the kids. Like it's so weird. And like who is this person that's signing up for this life? Like yeah, no what one. is she thinking? No, no one, one would want that. Yeah. Yeah, she's crazy. Yeah, because like she sees it as being like this um surrogate nanny. Yeah, she sees it as a surrogate. She 100% yeah. does not see this as a second wife. She might as well start using the word like full surrogate or something because she does right. not see this person as having a romantic or, you know, um, even life connection with Usman at all. That belongs to yeah. her. She's the first yeah. wife. And she even says, I'm the first wife. I get to decide where somebody – where she lives. And it's like you don't have the right to decide where other adults live. Like right. what are you talking about? Yeah, that is insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, you, oh, you happen to live in the same city as Usman. Nope, you're moving. Yes, and I'm the one who gets to decide where you live. What? This is just, oh, and it's like. I know. The, the, especially just with the, you know, the racial and colonial overtones that come with, like, this, her say, you're saying this is just like maddening it's like maddening yeah. like, do you hear yourself lady yeah she's also not my favorite um yeah making just like unreasonable demands 
something that she would never do herself. No. Yeah. She's demanding of someone something she would never settle for and never do herself. Absolutely. Right. Um, yeah. But but you know what it is? She needs to be the wife that wins. She needs to be the winner. I like know. when they did the go-kart racing, she needed to – I won even though his cart broke down and he was totally to- like toasting her. Like – yeah, like he would have won if his car hadn't broke down. But yeah, and, and he doesn't care, you know. He was just like, "All right, you won." Like he was like, "No, I won." My, you know, I would have won if the uh, car I would have won if the car didn't break down. And she's like, "Ha ha, yeah. that, that poke poke, that's it." She's like, like, "It doesn't matter." And he's like, "Okay, you won." He's like, "Yeah, he is very like." He just doesn't care, right? He doesn't. It doesn't care at all. He but doesn't she, care about winning. Yeah. No, no. But she is obsessed about winning. And yeah. Okay, can we also go back because we touched on the stupid names. Can they come up with literally one name for having sex that sounds remotely sexy and remotely enticing to anybody? <laughs> like, I mean, it's like all the things they came up with. Hey, would you like some African ingredient? And I was like. Yeah, that makes no sense. I don't. Like, is that a spice? Are we talking about Am I adding it to my I food? Know, right? Like, and what was the other one? It was like. Because I know there was yammy because they did lamb yammy last time, right? What was yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, fertilizer. Fertilizer. Would you like fertilizer? Oh, and I'm like, no. It, even if you explain by fertilizer, I mean sex. And you'd be like, I don't know how you're doing it, but I don't want any part of that. <laughs> like, that sounds terrible. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I saw it as like fertilizing like oh, the it's, egg or something. It's, yeah, it totally is about that. It's like supposed to be like, oh, like seed and fertilizing, which is just, I don't know. There's It's just. You know, sex is great and everything, but like when you focus on certain aspects of it, like my seed, it's like gross. Stop! Nobody wants this anymore. Stop that! Like, yeah. fertil- I will fertilize you. Like, don't, don't. Let's not. Let's do something else now. Let's let's play your PS Five. Oh gosh! <laughs> yeah, super disgusting. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, but they just are. Yeah. Well. And we'll just keep on rolling with people that we really don't like that are gross in lots of ways. Um, so, Angela, we oh, – so, gosh, of course, yes. we start with a shot of someone who has a Coke bottle while doing yoga. And this is, of course, supposed to instantly tell everyone when we're talking about Angela. So – and, of course, she's doing a yoga class and she won't shut up or com- stop complaining the whole time. So, after the class – they get the instructor to give her some pointers for next class and also talk to her about her entire story so far. So they've been around for a while now. So we already know most, most of it. So it's been two years since Michael and Angela have seen each other because the spousal visa process is kind of like in limbo. So you remember from last time about how Michael was disappointed that she had her breast reduction surgery. And now she thinks he's up to shady shit, which she says a million times. So, mm-hmm. and you know, shady shit like putting up his Instagram against her wishes because she hates his social media. So anyway, she goes to the park to call, not Michael, but some new guy with a man bun who she greets by saying, hey, sexy. So his name is Billy. He's an artist from Canada and they make very cringy TikToks together. So Billy was a famous stripper, I guess, back in the 80s. So it's not definitely not someone like. You know, if we reverse the roles, not someone she would like Michael talking to or approve or not just blow a gasket at. So she says they talk to each other a lot, but still haven't met. She brings up meeting in real life during this conversation, and he's all about it. Her only concern is that she's going to run out of dollar bills for him. (laughs) So she kind of is saying what she's doing with Billy. Like she thinks the door on Michael might be closing and she's got to get something else lined up like real quick. else We'll have that last chance at love or whatever. So then she picks up the cigarettes she's still smoking, by the way, and gets in her car and leaves. So in the next scene, we see Angela visiting her old lawyer pal, Lawyer Lou, to talk about Michael's shady stuff. She said until now, she didn't suspect that Michael was in it for the green card, but now he thinks he might be scamming her. She then gives a bunch of evidence that is not necessary for Lou, who even says, sometimes Angela tells me too many things that I don't want to (laughs) know. Um, yeah, it's, and there's, yeah, so we'll go past that. He moves past it and she starts and she talks to him about some financial things like Michael shaking her down for five grand to take down his Instagram. Like she said, I don't like your Instagram. He's like, tell me, give me five grand and I'll take it down. So Lou asks, well, what do you want to do? 
we could pull the petition for the visa, but that's pretty drastic. And also, like, the visa could come through literally any day now. So you need to make a decision before it comes through, because once it comes through, it's pretty much too late. So she hasn't made a decision yet. Uh, so what do you think? It's, why do you think Michael is is doing such shady shit? Like, what's going on? I think that he genuinely thinks that he's not going to get a visa. And so if he's not going to get a visa, this relationship is done already. Like, Angela, there's no way in the world she would move over there. Right. So it's like, well, if he already is feeling like this isn't going to happen, might as well get something out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind so of. So if he can get money out of it, then, you know, why not? Yeah, which oh, that's has always been the question with Michael, right? Is he is it for is he in it for the visa or does he actually like Angela? Which just because we all find it so impossible to believe Odd. that anybody anybody could like Angela this much. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there are things about her that he likes, but I also think that the more he got to know her, he realized that she's a handful. And right. that, you know, but then now you got your sunk cost situation, yes. right? Yes, or you is it just a sunk cost so thing? Time. Like, how long is it going to mm. uh, Yeah, when I have to reset and start over again, now how long is yeah. it going to be until I get my visa, right? And I don't think it helps that I think I think he legitimately is less physically attracted to her now, right? Yes, I do and think so, so too. Mm-hmm. And so that is not helping things. And right. I don't know. I just I, – I, I feel like it was one of those things where I feel like he was kind of putting up with her shit because it was a way to get to the U.S. And I think he even right. could see himself as maintaining that when he got to the U.S. But now mm. it's just like, yeah, I'm not going to put up with it anymore. And I might as well get stuff out of it while, while, while yeah. we write it down. Like, I do think that's where we're at. Yeah, I definitely think so, too. But so now I ask then because I understand what Michael at least was going for. And it, he was at least explicit about the physical things he was into Angela for, if nothing else, yeah. right? What is what does she have for Billy? I don't understand. <laughs> like, uh, like, you mean like in terms? Oh, oh, you like mean why is Billy interested in Angela here? Yeah, that's a good question. I kind of wondered a little bit what was going on with Angela. Did you see she was uh, wearing that um, Playboy necklace? Oh no, I didn't notice that. Yeah, so it like kind of makes the, me wonder if. She- Right. If okay. she was like, I don't know, maybe getting into like a stripper lifestyle. Oh, jeez. I don't know. You know, like I could see her being someone who is flaunting her stuff. I mean, didn't she already flash people at the tell-all? Oh, yeah, so she I did. I feel like she she's did. very mm-hmm. free with her body and maybe Billy is into that kind of vibe. Well, I mean, that that's the other frustrating thing about having Angela back on the show is we're just yeah. like – Checking all the Angela boxes. Oh, is she yeah. going to inappropriately talk about their sex life for no reason? Check. Like, is she going to, you know, and we're just waiting on the other stuff. Is she going to randomly kirk off at Michael and do something violent? That's coming. Is she going to storm yeah. off at the tell-all? I bet she does. Like, she just has the same beats to every season. Right. Because I was going to say, some things stay the same. Like, did you notice that she was using her bra purse again? Where she just shoves everything in there and she's still smoking her packs. So it's like, yeah, I feel like some things just don't change. Yeah. And it's like, but we've seen her so many times that it's just like, I want something new. And I know I'm not going to get it. I know I'm not going to get it. Right. She's going to be her same stuff. I mean, the only thing we got this this time is she had a lot of work done and she has veneers that make her slur her speech. Like, that's what I got this time. Right. Yeah, I mean, Billy's a new character, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how Michael reacts because every time it's always been Angela jealous over something Michael has done. I don't think we've ever seen, like, Angela have another option where Michael could potentially be jealous of that. Yeah, and I don't I, I don't buy Billy as another option, to be honest. I just think yeah. he's a way for her to increase his TikTok count, follower oh, counter sure. views. Like, that's all he's in it yeah. for. I think that's what he's in yeah. it for. Yeah, that's certainly fair. I mean, yeah. I I don't know if it's a genuine interest. I mean, it could be. But what does he really think is going to happen if he isn't planning on moving from Canada? Why would you move from Canada? Especially if you're older. Yeah. He's got health care. He's he's got his health care. And I'm sure sure their pension system's better. Right. right? Like, yeah. If you're of retirement age, it seems like way better to be in Canada. Yeah. And. 
I don't think Angela is trying to move at all. She's got all her grandbabies, you know? Yeah, yeah. She does. She has no interest in leaving Georgia at all. No. no. So I don't see this lasting very long. Sure. All right. So we did not hear from Libby and Andre. So out of the group we saw this week, who is your student of the week? Uh, I will go with, oh, geez, it's always hard. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to say Jenny, just because I don't want to say Yara every week. Um, oh, I know, right? <laughs> I say Jenny. I, that's so funny because I was between Jenny and Yara as well, but I went Jen, or Yara, sorry. Yeah, I went, I went just Jenny just for actually calming down and thinking about like mm-hmm. how things and being reasonable about, about how things went and actually giving a legitimate apology, right? Right. Well, on the other hand, I also felt like Yara's apology was very fair yes, for true. Gwen. And so, true. yeah, Yara actually did something other than just being her fun, lovable self. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. What about your dunce? I went with Bilal. Oh, I was going to agree with you. Yeah. yeah Bilal. Just ugh. awful. And the thing I had is, a feeling is, you'd pick him too. Is he just, is he knows that he, he, he thinks that because he's staying calm, that he's not being I hate ridiculous. That. Yes. I hate that passive aggressive, like you're calm, but like seething. Yes. I hate that. Oh, he's calm. He's so mad. He's so mad underneath and just yeah. says like the most hurtful things, but in a right. calm tone. And so you shouldn't react to it because I didn't like raise my voice. So, yeah. right. Ugh, I hate that. Um, all right. What about your life lesson? Um, so my life lesson is, yeah, just <sighs> – if it if, – if, the, the shady shit, right? If people – if you think somebody's checked out of a relationship, you have to move on that like now yeah. and not just wait for – I don't even know – I don't even know what anybody's waiting for, right? What is Angela waiting for if he, she's already – he shook you down for five grand to take down his Instagram account. Like – Ridiculous. It seems like we should know that this relationship has run its course. Right. So my life lesson is for Ed – yeah. Uh, regardless of your job or whatever situation you, you're claiming, you shouldn't be flirting in front of your partner or especially with your partner's friends. Yeah. I mean, it, it's tricky, too, because I don't know. I don't know. It, it You should expect from a photo shoot. If I know nothing about a photo shoot, the photographer is going to pump up the girl and tell her she looks awesome. Right. Oh, you're looking great. Yeah. You're doing good. But That's there's gonna- a difference between being friendly and professional and flirty. Sure. I don't know that Ed has a difference between those two in, in his No, head. I don't think he does. Yeah. <laughs> well, you need to figure it out when you have a partner because you're yeah. not trying to give people the wrong idea. True. True. Yeah. All right, then. So uh, we will be back next week. Uh, same group. Yeah. Yeah. Same people. I don't think we have any more couples. No, I think we've gotten to see everybody that was promised this season. So, okay. yeah, same, same people. Looks like we do get more Libby and Andre next time. So we'll be back with. Oh, joy. Yeah, All, right. <laughs> All right. See everybody then. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.